Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Broadcasting around the entire world, from Austin, Texas, via Thriller X, and supported entirely by listeners like you. Bitcoin, crypto, VR, NFTs, music, finance, interviews, markets, panels, promises, and rights. Welcome to Thriller South by Southwest. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller South by Southwest. Today is March 18, 2021, and today we're bringing you something special a thriller rundown, but a South by Southwest edition of it. That's right. And we got to catch up. There's been so much news the past few days. I, I looked at it today and yesterday, and I was like, "Oh my God, what are we doing? We got we got to cover this." Uh, I just feel like this this week has gone by so fast, and there's so much going on, and I feel like we just have to keep up, just keep up with what's whatever is going on in the space. So today we're doing that. We're keeping up. We're keeping you informed, keeping you ahead of the curve. So with that, let's get to it through the rundown, starting now. <laughs> That's right. The chairman of the Federal Reserve said today that central bank digital currency, that's right, the digital dollar, would have to coexist with cash and he wouldn't remove the need for physical cash. That's right. You know what that means? Bitcoin, baby. Let's get it to the rundown starting now. The Rundown. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the U.S. Federal Reserve Chairman, Jerome Powell, today indicated that the central bank digital currency or the digital dollar, <laughs> whatever you want to call it these days, seriously, they said first off that they're still researching the digital dollar. So, you know, they're waiting. One of the key principles highlighted in this report is that this digital dollar needs to coexist with cash and other types of money in a flexible, innovative payment system. Gosh, uh, I really want to say things here, but I'm just going to report the news for now, right? I'll save my opinions for later. He says, digital currencies are different from decentralized digital assets like Bitcoin. Thanks for mentioning that, Jerome, because they are controlled by one entity, a central bank. <laughs> Thanks for educating about that, about that, Jerome. He says, digital currencies have two basic designs, retail for peer-to-peer -peer payments and wholesale intended for banks to buy and sell financial assets and to replace real-time gross settlements. Oh, awesome. Thanks, Jerome, for informing us about that. So it's pretty interesting because Bitcoin jumped, and right now it's 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 sitting at 58K. And overall, space is looking great, right? Bitcoin's doing well. The markets are looking pretty nice. We also got these Biden checks or Biden bucks, like everybody's calling them here uh, this week here in America. So bank accounts are flush. Everything's looking fantastic. You also have the Federal Reserve coming out yesterday saying that inflation is going to rise above 2% this year. No surprise. And they're going to keep interest rates pretty low, right? Or actually <laughs> zero, at least till 2023. That's uh, that's according to their summary of economic projections. And then, that's right. He says, he says, on, he actually said in a televised press conference that the U.S. Central Bank expects to keep monetary policy loose for as long as it takes because he wants to heal the coronavirus wounded economy. And then, here we go, here we go. This is where it gets really great. This is where it gets really great, ladies and gentlemen. He says the U.S. Central Bank's monetary policy panel will keep the target rate for federal funds in the range of 0 to 0.25%, meaning they will keep buying 80 billion. No, that's right. Let's repeat that. 80 billion, <laughs> 80 billion, that's right, 80 billion fiat U.S. Treasury bonds and 40 billion, that's right, 40 billion of agency mortgage-backed securities. That's right, 40 billion of agency mortgage-backed securities every month. Not every year, every month. 80 billion <laughs> of U.S. Treasury bonds and 40 billion of agency mortgage-backed securities every month. Yeah, that's insane, right? Unprecedented, right? Makes no sense, right? How can they keep this going, right? I know. It's almost like everything is getting bought by the state. What does that remind you of? Yeah, <laughs> we'll leave that for another day. So federal officials expect that growth for this year, besides all the buying that's going on behind the scenes, is still going to go up 6.5%. Huh, that's interesting. So GDP is going to go up 6.5% from 4.2% in December. I wonder why. And then we also see unemployment rate is, is relatively down. From last year huh interesting inflation also up from last year and then this is all going on right this is all going on while you have digital dollar talk today you have all this other funny business with 40 billion 40 billions and 80 billion this is just ridiculous ridiculous right so you have all this talk going on right and then you have morgan stanley so Morgan Stanley literally is allowing their clients now 
to access Bitcoin funds. Three, three Bitcoin funds. But the catch is they have to meet a threshold of two million. <laughs> yeah, so only the elite bank, only the elite clients of Morgan Stanley, right? So that's crazy. So Morgan Stanley's in. They're Bitcoiners now. And then you have Van Eck. Actually, we'll get to that later. We'll save that for later. I, I don't want. I don't want to jump the gun on that. But I should. I should mention. I should mention one other thing. Bank of America, <laughs> your favorite bank, right? Because it's Bank of America, the second largest bank in the U.S. What did they do recently? Well, I don't know. They slammed Bitcoin. Why would they do that? Why would a bank slam Bitcoin? It, you just heard your own pal praise Bitcoin, right? Well, not only did they slam Bitcoin, they came out with a report. And guess what this title of the report was? It was so hilarious that I'm going to read it off to you. It's called Bitcoin's Dirty Little Secrets. <laughs> it sounds like a romance novel. <laughs> so they argued that Bitcoin had a little role to play in an investor's portfolio. And I, when I say little role, I mean like little to no role <laughs> to play in an investor's portfolio. Bitcoin's dirty little secrets. Oh my God. It sounds like something Roger Veer would read. Okay. So, so they basically said that Bitcoin has also become correlated to risk, to risk assets. Yeah. To risk assets. This is coming from Bank of America. They also said that it's not tied to inflation. What? <laughs> what? what? Uh, and they also say that it's impractical as a store of wealth. Uh, what? What? Uh, according to who? <laughs> according to them, apparently. Uh, they also said that it could be manipulated. And they also said that it's not it's not as good as gold. Uh, what? This is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen. This is coming from Bank of America. This is this is ridiculous. They're out there telling their customers, their clients and their investors and they're sending them this report called Bitcoin's Dirty Little Secrets. What the hell is going on? Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy ridiculous because behind the scenes, don't watch what they say, watch what they do. And why would I say that? Well, Kaiser Report, <laughs> interesting enough, just released an interesting program today where they talk about what Bank of America is doing behind the scenes. Take a listen. America analysts are ready to take on the Widowmaker. 
and that is betting against U.S. government bonds, which have been in a bull market, ooh, for what, 45 years? Something like that. A long time, many decades. So Bank of America, we believe we are at a secular turning point for both inflation and interest rates with, quote, new central bank mandates, excess fiscal stimulus, including UBI, less globalization, fading deflation from disruption and demographics. The 40-year bull market in bonds is over, they say. They say it's over, Max, and here's mm-hmm. their chart. Looking at that the top dark blue line is deflation assets and how they have performed over the past oh, a few decades and they've outperformed the inflation assets. We've been having deflation, they say, and they count inflation assets, which they predict will outperform in the next 10 years, commodities, real estate, tips, EAFE, U.S. banks, value and cash, which is weird to put cash, of course, in an inflation asset. Uh, EAFE is Europe, Australia, Asia, and uh, Far East. Deflation assets are government bonds, U.S. investment grade, S&P 500, U.S. consumer discretionary growth, and U.S. high yield bonds. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, this is the big one, the big enchilada, the big bull market of the past 40 years that has been the foundation upon which the economy around the world, particularly in the United States, has been built. Because with that big deflation trade, as it's being referred to, you end up having lower interest rates, lower interest rates. That's the key that's been keeping the American dominance rolling for 40 years. Because every time there's a mistake, like in 2008, for example, or the dot-com crash, or the stock market crash of 1987, or the bull market crash of 1993, the answer has always been to extend and pretend. And that means to extend the maturity out to longer maturity dates and watch those maturities rise in value because the central bank has been instrumental in assisting in this bull market and bonds by purchasing a lot of this paper to keep interest rates artificially low. And that's the story of the past 40 years. If Bank of America is correct and the bull market and bonds is over and interest rates are gonna start going up, that means that pretty much 90% of the American economy and the global economy will start to become insolvent. I'm not afraid to
So it makes you wonder, right? They're not buying bonds now. What are they buying? Securities? Hmm. I don't know. Something tells me it's Bitcoin. Something tells me these banks behind the scenes are doing one of two things. They're either going to merge with a fintech company. They're either going to merge with each other. Or they're going to go obsolete. Or they're going to move into this new space wholeheartedly. <laughs> I don't see that last part happening, right? I don't honestly care. <laughs> the world is moving forward with or without them, right? Who cares if they make this little book called Bitcoin's Little Secret? Or what, what do they call it? Dirty's Little Secrets. <laughs> this little fan fiction that they made. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And honestly, like we've been saying for the longest time here on Thriller Premium, Jerome Powell can make his digital dollar and he can have his fiat currency cash real piece of paper too. At the end of the day, those digital bucks that he's creating, they're entering the Bitcoin space. This is Bitcoin's territory. It's the OG of digital currency. You're entering its realm <laughs> and there's nothing stronger than Bitcoin. It is the reserve currency of the internet. So when you enter its realm, you are now being backed by Bitcoin, regardless of whatever fiat currency exists in the real world. In the digital world, everything is backed by Bitcoin. Few people understand this, but all roads lead back to Bitcoin. And I know, and I know, and I know people, people that listen disagree with this. It's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to see it this way, but in time you will. <laughs> Trust me, in time you will. You stay in this space long enough, you start seeing why that is, right? You start seeing why Bitcoin is a stronger currency time and time and time and time again. What is happening with Ethereum this week? Well, Vitalik all of a sudden now proposes an emergency POS merger. Why? Well, all of a sudden, we had miners last week started getting hot and bothered, right, over the fees being burned. So what did he do now? Well, he published a method quickly to merge proof of work and proof of stake. The details are a little sparse, but they apparently have tried this last summer and it was working. And presumably because this isn't quite a full merger with the staking blockchain, it'll still run. <laughs> Presumably, <laughs> this is what I'm saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is why this minimal merge that they're doing here, um, it'll make things easier for them, right? Because this circumvents having to deal with the, with the miners in the long run. But if miners collude, is that real governance or is that a dictatorship? This is why you have a problem on that chain. This is why you have a problem in that community. It's because you have one single person controlling it. Bitcoin doesn't have one single person controlling it, right? What happens, I'm not, I, and I love Vitalik. I think he's brilliant. I really do. I really am a fan of Vitalik and Ethereum. But what happens if he turns evil one day, <laughs> right? I'm not saying he is, but what happens if he does? That's where Bitcoin decentralization truly is the greatest and that's why we need it 
to be the reserve currency. It's because of that decentralization. Okay, with that, let's get into five good minutes. So probably the biggest news of the week is the Vanek Bitcoin ETF. That's right. Let's uh let's uh let's start that timer. It's been a while. It's been a while. It has. <laughs> it's been like a year and a half now. Screw that. It's been like two years since we've talked ETFs. It really has. <laughs> there is a while <laughs> in 2017, we were literally talking about ETFs all the time. And then early 2018. And then we just stopped talking about ETFs altogether. Uh, but I said there'd be one day where we start talking about ETFs again. And that day is today. <laughs> so we're going to get back on that ETF train. And you're going to start hearing about ETFs all the time. And you're going to get tired of me talking about ETFs again, all over again. So uh, today's our first day talking about ETFs all over again. It's going to be fun. Today, or actually not today, yesterday, <laughs> uh, Van Eck. Bitcoin ETF application was published by the SEC. And this is something that they actually introduced last year, right, in December. But the SEC has finally published it. And they have 45 days to make a decision. What, what, what? <laughs> That's right. They have 45 days to either accept or deny the firm's Bitcoin ETF application. And if you know Vanek, Vanek is one of the brilliant companies in the commodities industry, like they're they're a big name. They're, they're a big name. A lot of people thought that they were actually going to get in first before a lot of others. Like the Gemini twins were trying to get in. The you know, I mean, the Winklevoss brothers, I should say, were trying to get in. Uh, they we just they just never they never could. There's a lot of other ones like Wilshire Phoenix. They were unsuccessful. Bitwise, they were unsuccessful. There's just been a lot of companies that have tried to get this ETF to go through, and they no one has been able to get it to go through. Uh, and we just had recently these Canadian ETFs that have gone through like like nothing, but that was in Canada, and they've had like the biggest uh, <laughs> first day openings, right? That we we talked about last month, and that was awesome. And so everybody's looking at America like, hey, uh, Bitcoin ETF this year? <laughs> Question mark. So right now everybody's looking at the SEC, but the difference is, ladies and gentlemen, is we have a better <laughs> <laughs> we we have a much we have a much better person in that chair at the SEC. That's right. That person is none other than Jay. No, 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 not Jay Clinton. That guy sucks. <laughs> good riddance to good riddance to, to to Jay Clinton. No, I'm talking about Gary Gensler. He is uh, President Biden's choice to run the SEC, and quite frankly. A lot of people think that Gary Gensler is going to be the one who passes the um, ETF. Now, we don't know if it's going to be the Van Eck one. There's a couple others that are pushing through as well, too. But a lot of people think that Gary Gensler is going to be the one to enact the first Bitcoin ETF in America. And have, and if you know this from listening to us here on Thriller Premium in the past, you know, I think it was last summer is that um, they, they've been cleaning a lot of the space, right? Like 
There's been a lot of regulatory stuff that's been going on. They got rid of BitMEX, <laughs> right? That was that was gruesome. Uh, they got rid of what Binance was doing, you know, shilling to American uh, citizens. They got rid of that going on. Um, they got rid of a lot of uh, these other exchanges that were shilling to American citizens. Um, and what else? What else? What else went on here? Uh, they also got that whole tether situation kind of figured out now uh, that just happened here recently. And I want to say there was one other big thing that happened that there was a question mark around. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but they, there's been a lot of things that have been kind of cleaned up in this space the past uh, 24 months, I would say. And I think now they can safely do this ETF. I think, I think it's going to happen. Now, the, the problem with this Vanek one is they have a 45-day period, but the catch, and this is the big catch, the SEC can choose to extend the Vanek ETF. And this is where it sucks. They can extend it up to 240 days. <laughs> I know, that's terrible. And so every single time before that an ETF has got to this point where it's been reviewed for 45 days, freaking Jay Clayton, he would extend it for an additional 240 days. And then I, even sometimes he would extend it again and then it would just get denied. And this would, this happened all the time. And so we would always be on the edge of our seats waiting for, you know, the decision and it would never get passed. And finally I was just like, I'm done talking about ETS. It's never going to happen under Clayton. And it never did. And that's why we stopped talking about it. Um, so when we saw Gensler get in there, he's a big Bitcoin, you know, brain. Uh, and because he's 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 taught uh, blockchain at, I think it was MIT, I think it was. So everybody thinks that he's going to be the one. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen here in 45 days. I definitely think he's going to push it out 245, 240 days. I think that's definitely a possibility. And then if he pushes out 240 days, That'll put us here at next year. I can see it. I can see him pushing it out next year. And that will put us right around what January? Yeah, January. Is that right? 240 days from now? Can I Google that? 240 days from today is November 14th plus 40 days from there. Oh, yeah, that put us in January. Yeah. So I would say the beginning of 2022, I could definitely see an ETF going through. That would coincide with a massive bull rally. <laughs> so yeah, definitely peak. That would that would get us to 200k for sure. Um, so we'll see. I don't think it's gonna happen in 45 days. I mean, that would be a shocker. I don't see that happening, but I definitely see a uh 240 day turnaround, which would put us right around January. So yeah, we'll see. We'll definitely see. If that happens, um, but if I had, if I had, if I'm a betting man, I would say January, February-ish, that's when that ETF takes place. But I don't know. My money's on Vanek, though, if there's any, any one of these that goes through first. Okay. With that, let's get into the hard truth. Truth. 
truth. So this is coming from Andrew at Decrypt. Way to go, Andrew. Seriously. Because I don't know how he found this out, but he must have been listening to the right podcast. <laughs> this is why I love Decrypt. Like one of my favorite, one of my favorite places to, to look at the news. But he found out that CEO Al Kelly was on this podcast, right? And he started talking and then like somewhere in the podcast, they start talking about Bitcoin. And this is the CEO of Visa talking about Bitcoin. Not not like, you know, <laughs> you know, just a regular CEO of so-and-so company. No, the CEO of Visa. Yeah, that Visa. And what do you think he said about Bitcoin? Yeah, he said some big things. Take a listen. talk about bitcoin please uh, <laughs> it, it has been a wild thing to watch up and up and up what does that mean to your business i know you've been doing some stuff in the area of cryptocurrency but explain what that means to the credit card business so alan i'd like to divide crypto into two buckets one is the more speculative asset which i would put bitcoin in that category kind of the digital gold if you will and in that category, we're trying to do two things. One is enable the purchase of Bitcoin on Visa credentials. And then secondly, working with some Bitcoin wallets to allow the Bitcoin to be translated into a fiat currency and therefore immediately be able to be used at any of the 70 million places around the world where Visa is accepted. The other category of crypto are digital currencies. There we see a strong potential for those to become a new payment vehicle. In fact, it could be an accelerant in, in some of the emerging markets as we look around the world. So certainly in the digital currency world, we're working with lots of players. There's about 35 different players we're working with. These are currencies that are fiat backed. But again, we're allowing that, that translation, if you will, into a fiat currency and in a wallet where there's a Visa card. And again, that Visa card can be used with the translated digital currency over to the fiat currency to purchase at any one of our 70 million locations. 
are, are we getting into an innovator's dilemma situation for Visa there? I mean, the idea about digital currencies was that they would lower the cost of transactions. We wouldn't have to pay as much to Visa and MasterCard for the transaction as we do today. So by you embracing it and experimenting with it, are you helping to pave the way to a future where the toll you take on transactions is smaller than it is today? You know, the, the thing about our business, Alan, that that I actually like is we don't pick winners and losers. You know, as you and I sit here and talk today, I don't know what to do, to what degree cryptocurrencies are going to take off. Are we going to say in five years that it, it was a fad and it wasn't a big deal or is it going to be extremely mainstream? I'm not smart enough to know. But what I am smart enough to do is make sure that our company is in the middle of it today so that if it takes off, we're in the middle of uh, helping move that money. We used to be a business that was all about people using our products for buying and selling goods and services. Today, we've made the company a company that's all about money movement globally. So any kind of funds that are going to flow, we want to be in the middle of that. And if mm-hmm. it takes off and uh, we can get our fair share or more of the of the volume because we anticipated that this possibly could take off and become a big deal, we certainly want to be prepared for that. And, and I think we're off to a very good start. <laughs> So it's pretty interesting that uh, you had this guy clearly sees where this space is going and has the balls. <laughs> That's right. The balls to put Visa right there in between. Um, hats off to that guy. I- I'd never heard him speak before. But when I heard him say this, I was just like, fuck yeah. Right. Because he gets it. He literally gets it. Uh, you better have some of the pie than no pie at all. And then you see other people like MasterCard right? Who just want to be part of the central bank digital currencies. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Take the whole pie. Why do you want central bank digital currencies? He clearly, that that CEO, whoever that CEO is, clearly doesn't see the end game for this. Um, it's it's pretty obvious. And I think a lot of people on the know who are, who are Bitcoin bullish, <laughs> you can tell, and, and that's what you're kind of seeing now. You can kind of tell who these Bitcoin bullish companies are, right? And then you can kind of see who these central bank fiat maximalists are. And and then that's what you're kind of seeing this divide, right? Bank of America, MasterCard, these type of companies. And then you're seeing these Bitcoin bulls, MicroStrategy, Tesla Square, Visa, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, the world of Satoshis is coming close, right? The Satoshi standard is near. This is this is really close. This is why you need to start stacking sats ASAP. And that's why we did the whole Satoshi Standard episode for Thriller Insider. 
This is why we discussed that podcast. This is why I actually made that episode. I never said this. This is why I made that episode free is because this is a that's a primer episode that literally is going to be one that I give out to people because I get that all the time. People are like, well, I, I, I love that you have a podcast, but you have to pay for it. Do you have an episode where I can learn about Satoshi's and how do I I'm like and I always have to say, well, uh, actually, I have a Bitcoin audio. Well, that's too much information. <laughs> That's what I hear. Too much information overload. They just want to know what stacking sats is, right? That's all they want. So there's your episode. Go listen to it. And, and this is where you can find out about Satoshis and what they are. And if you want more information about Bitcoin and what it all is, BitcoinAudiobook.com. And that's all, that's all they want. This is what regular people want. This is what they tell me. This is what regular people want. So go out there, help your friends to understand Satoshis, point them to our direction. We'll get them all set up. But ladies and gentlemen, I have the fold card now. Seriously, I'm not chilling because I'm, I'm going Telegram. We talk about this. I'm not chilling, but I've been using this fold card. Seriously, I can't believe they're giving away so much <laughs> sats on every purchase. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to be in business. This is ridiculous. I recently just bought a, a new laptop, right? And I got back like a hundred and what was it like $150? It was something ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I was like, what? It, it, it doesn't make any sense. But this is what I'm saying. Like, this is, this is what that card is doing. And you're getting it back in sats. The only catch is you have to wait 30 days to pull those Satoshis out. That's the only catch. Yeah. I don't know. And these are things that I was already going to buy already. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like these things were, were, um, were, 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 I'm just buying them to, to, to use. No, these are things that were already going to get bought. Right. That's what I, that's what I love about this card is like, I was going to buy these things, but I might as well get Satoshi's back. And that's, what's great about it because in a year or two years, three years time, this laptop is going to be free. Because, as you know, the longer you hold Bitcoin, everything gets cheaper. Okay, that's all I got for you today on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. We're doing so much this week. <laughs> we have all our episodes going back to back to back to back to back. And it's so much. My head is spinning this week. I don't know if you can tell. Hopefully, you can't. Hopefully, you just think that Car is just on some kind of crazy drug and he's just pushing through. So, we got to give a shout out to all our musicians today, our South by Southwest musicians. Today we had on Boyo Ghost Noise. They were awesome. We also had on Ad Wath. We also had on this lovely sound of Matilda Man. Happy anniversary. And Atlan Gin. And then we're closing out with Vero, Heaven on Earth. This song right here that I'm closing out on. This is an amazing band. They remind me so much of like Sonic Youth, the the guitar, the no, actually the bass player of, of Nirvana. It's just like a weird mashup of like early 90s Seattle alt rock. It's just so interesting. And this is all coming from like really young kids, you know, who had no idea what that music was. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome. Check it out. See you all next time.